I love the way you say film. Hello, I'm Mike. I'm Mike Sheridan. There's Brian Lloyd. He's just laughing, laughing. Brian Lloyd. That's Steve Malumbi. Um, you can't see us, but it's, but um, I, I assure you they're there. And that's producer Dave. Hello, producer Dave. Hello, please. This is the film show. Uh, you're welcome along. Um, as we mentioned uh, in the last show as well, uh, the sh- we're redesigning the set. Um, so we're going to relaunch uh, the show in the coming weeks with a whole new set in the video platform, in the, in the visual platform, Brian. Um, I know you've been uh, working out hard. Um, <laughs> Getting ready, mm-hmm. get ready to come back. A new Brian, a new oh, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, D, it's been a quite. See, I said this to you. You came back from a screen in there earlier on. Yeah. And because this is, I know this is a movie you've been looking forward to. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and I know, I know it's a movie you've been looking forward to because of the artistic merit of the movie. Because you're a very well respected film critic, right? Yes. All joking aside, you are. But also, oh, thank you. one of the first <laughs> things I asked was the Brian. The Brian look at you while the thirsty Michael B. Jordan moments were happening in Creed Two. You got everything to lose. This guy's got nothing to lose. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. But you don't think I could beat him? So, was he looking at for your reaction? Were you looking at for these reactions? No, I was. No, at one, point, at one point I was picking up my nails, and he kind of... She was, like there was a bit, there point. was a, yeah, there was a bit in it. I think it was during, was it during one of the training no, montages? it wasn't. It was just, it was just me doing it out of habit. She was just like this, like literally like, like at her fingers, like, and it's. Not that bad. It is that bad. You were at it for like a good five minutes. Like, it was like one of the few times. no fingernails. I know, no, I'm just saying, yeah, but I'd never do it in the middle <laughs> of the screen. You tell him, D. I'd never do it in the middle of the screen. She has fingernails, bro. Yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it was Creed 2 we saw uh, the other day. Yeah. When all this came about. Is that any good, Deirdre? I really like it. I really did. Although, I will say this, and I think, Brian, you're going to have to agree with me. Yeah. It completely, like, relies on the nostalgia of the Rocky series and especially Rocky IV. Like, it is, it's all that. It's pretty much the film, like, kind of recycled again. But at that, you know, it's a very enjoyable movie. And I know we're going to be doing it for the revisit because it makes sense with this week and everything. Um, yeah, I really like the film. Okay, Brian, you had said that because I, I asked you when you came in, is it a direct sequel to Rocky IV? And you said, yeah, it is. But it's more about legacy. It's more about the father-son. Yeah. In fact, I'm kind of interested that you said that it was like Rocky IV rehashed. I don't think it is at all. I think it's a genuine continuation from Rocky IV. And now here's what I, here's what mm. I mean. Here's what I mean. Rocky IV was absolutely, and I know this is the cliche, and I know I say it every time, and I can feel you all teeing up. You better not. I'm absolutely <laughs> going to say it. Rocky IV was of its time. Okay, Rocky IV was absolutely about the East Meast. We need to get some branding that says that, like, because you you own it now. It's fantastic. I still think that he should name his podcast when he does the revisit as a solo piece. I think you should call it of its time. That's not a bad idea. That's really not a bad because it contextually makes sense. Yeah. Okay, but anyways. Kind of. um, No, but all right, to get back to it. Rocky IV is absolutely like, okay, fine. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. But it really is. (laughs) Like, it's all about the East meets West. It's all about, like, you know... You is that know. you really want to be serious for a second? Yeah. Okay. But, like, it is. It's the whole thing of, like, you know, Soviet Union, the fact that they had, you know, the best of technology, the fact that they were, you know, doing blood doping and they were doing all this technology, but it couldn't stop, you know, the American heart, which was Rocky. Right, yeah, hearts on fire, that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, completely. Um, whereas Creed Two, to my mind, is much more has nothing to do with, you know, uh, political culture or anything like that. It's really about legacy. It's about, you know, 
uh, Ivan Drago, Dolph Lundgren, the fact that he failed and now has used his son to be the vehicle of his revenge. You know, that kind of way. Like, it's actually a lot more... How did he fail? He killed a guy. Well, well again, no, but yeah, I mean, he killed Apollo, but then, like, he lost to Rocky. Like. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of, like, it's actually, I think, a lot more kind of almost Greek tragedy-esque kind of thing. The fact that, like, Ivan Drago's life after Rocky Four was a complete mess. Like, his wife left him. He was kicked out of Russia or kicked out of the Soviet Union. You know, his son you know, has nothing and he's just been trained up as this boxer and he's just this absolute beast of a man. Florian Munt. Bulgarian guy, isn't he? Yeah, Florian yeah. Muntino. I remember when he was announced uh, mm. and the pictures were going around and again, there was fierce horse going around the office. Oh yeah, also. yeah. He's yeah. a large man. He's, he's a very, very huge. big man. Oh yeah. my gosh, his physical presence in this is like super overwhelming. Like yeah. he's just such a big guy. You're yeah. like, even when like Michael B. Jordan is kind of like pumped up and stuff, you're like, you're still so tiny compared to him. Is it realistic though in terms of, or how do they tackle that because of weight, like a weight class? Or just both? Yeah. It does work in terms of like the fighting. You'd still call that choreography, wouldn't you? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like if it doesn't make, it's like that computer game years ago that was on Nintendo where this little man's fighting the big man. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, punch out. Punch out, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, how is somebody that heavy fighting? Well, like, I mean, you know, people don't care, but it's, I mean, I suppose it's the kind of thing of my understanding of it is, and let's get your clang ready. Um, when I spoke to Michael B. Jordan, clang, uh, and uh, Black Panther, um, Black I, Panther, Black Panther, oh, <laughs> there was Black Panther in Black Panther. You can't say that, you know, I can't say that. What I'm not, it's like, you there was a lot of banter, that. and there were black people, it was Black Panther, okay. Anyways, um, in Black Panther, the Junker, um, he talked about having to hit a weight, so I do think, obviously, like. I'm, you know, the size of them is different, but I would assume it's realistic. I haven't seen it, so yeah, yeah I would, so but no, realistic. but I would assume he was at a he was at the heavyweight weight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, like I mean, it's funny actually when you say that because there was a, there's a scene in it during their weighing that um, Ivan Drago is like, yeah, you are small like your father, and he flips out and tries to jump Ivan. Like, yeah. so they do. The, the the size difference is a part of it, but the yeah. size difference is also in Rocky Four. Yeah. True. So. so do you think there's a bit of a rehash here, Dick? I still think that. Really? Yeah, I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I still think it brought in kind of the emotion and the drama and all of that. And I'd also argue, I know that you were talking about like it's to do with legacy and that of like the fathers and stuff. But that's kind of what we saw in the first Creed as well. I th- You know what I mean? Yeah. I well, Because I mean, it's it's still that story, that kind of obsession of kind of making his identity all his own and I know he's closer to it in this film than mm. he was in the first Creed movie you know because when we see him he's become like the champion of the world and all of this so you know but yeah no I feel like I'm being really negative yeah, about this you dug it a lot yeah. I did really like it like I loved kind of all of the action in it and I loved the drama and the emotion and the high stakes it's like very it soap is, opera it's pretty much a soap opera like it is melodrama but that's what all the Rocky films so far have been and I really like the fact that it's continuing that and I was also really impressed by how confidently directed this is because it's yeah. Stephen Capel Jr. It's not um, what's his name Ryan Coogler first one. Yeah, it's Ron not Ryan Coogler. got that Marvel money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So he's doing grand. Yeah. Although I was saying to Brian that I still felt that as a film, it didn't really take many risks. And it wasn't yeah. as stylized as, say, the first one was. Because with Ryan Coogler's, you had like they that. They were taking it in that different direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I felt that the Ryan Coogler, the first Creed was kind of, it was referring to the Rocky series, but it also kind of stood alone very much as its own movie, whereas this one is totally dependent on the Rocky movies. And I love how the first Creed had like all these really like gorgeous 
c- cinematography moments, yeah. like you know I think when he's had like, it too, though. not really as the many. Bit in the desert, like, like was pretty cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, is there a montage? Oh yeah, of course. Class, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, but there aren't like okay, there aren't like shots like there are loads that stand out to me in Creed. Like there's that one take for the boxing yeah, scene true. that was really yeah, good. That was really and then good. there's the bit where he's um, his dad's fight is up on the screen. Yes. And he's mi- making him yes. in that shadow, and those bits are like really kind of cool. Yes, and then you had in the first Creed that whole storyline of like Rocky having cancer and stuff. So suddenly it became this like it went from sports drama to this really kind of poignant emotional thing. But I. I felt like I know what you're thinking of in regards to storyline, but I don't think that had quite the same resonance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's fair because, like, I mean, what I think was interesting about uh, Creed was, was the fact that Rocky was portrayed as being vulnerable. You know, that kind of way. He was really portrayed as being he was this frail man. Though in, in Rocky Balboa as well. Yeah, but I mean, that like was it, it. Wasn't it? Wasn't the first film to do that forcing the series to do that correct yeah but in Creed like they really portrayed him as this vulnerable character that he was an old frail man and that he wasn't really sure of himself anymore and that he kind of lost he was kind of broken in a lot yeah. of ways because Adrian was gone and he's disconnected from his son and everything you know yeah and they really like and that kind of uh, that idea is explored in more detail here like they really kind of delve into you know, why is it that uh, Rocky is living alone kind of thing? Like, why is it that he hasn't reconnected with his son and all that kind of thing? Um, but yeah, like, I mean, what I, uh, Dee's right. What I did love about this film was the fact that it didn't just make it all about the boxing. It didn't just make it all about the training and the montage. They are in it. They are in it. But what you have in it is, is that is a really strong drama, a really strong emotional story that will really, like, get under the ribs. Mm. And... When it does get to the fight, like you're like, oh my god, everything's at stake here, like you know that kind of way. Like it really does build up in a really, really nice way. I do yeah. think it's paced really, really well. Like I tell you right now, like when the montage finishes and it goes into the fight, you are really pumped. Like you are <laughs> like, yes, let's do this kind of thing. Was like, he pumped? It's... He was. Yeah, I was. Like I mean, it was literally like a, when that montage went, it was like I'm gonna start boxing. Ryan's like, I got the fight with the smash that yeah. bag. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. it. Yeah, once I'm done here, I'm going to the gym. I'm gonna hit that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were loads of things I did love about it. Like, I did get wrapped up in the emotion yeah. and the story. And like you said, it is really well paced. Like, you're watching it from start to finish. And I think that, because um, Stallone wrote the script and everything, yeah. right? And I mean, it just shows his strength as a writer still to kind of write these scenes in kind of a really kind of sweet way. But that feels kind of really genuine honest, as honest, well yeah. and honest. But also he's able to kind of get to the point. He doesn't like kind of drag stuff out because you don't you don't need that. You get what's going on and everything. I just, I'd still make the argument that like, if you're coming into this not being a Rocky fan oh, sure, and yeah. having not seen the Rocky movies and not seen Creed That's and fair, all of yeah. that, I like as its own film, I feel like it very much depends on every, about, on everything we've seen before has built up to this moment as opposed to... That's a fair point. Yeah. It's, a direct, it's a direct sequel. It is a direct yeah. sequel. I mean, it's in the title. Yeah. The, what about um, the Russian element to it? How are they, how did the old Ruskies come across? Oh, because you hang, hang, yeah. on, hang on a second, and we're going to cut to our Russian correspondent, Deirdre Malumbi. <laughs> Can we actually get a quick blast of the Soviet Union theme whenever we mention like Soyuz the Russian? You just did your quick blast there, and um, yeah. because the force and it's like yeah. very like clear cut, Russians yeah. are the bad guys. Yeah. Americans yeah. are the By good the way, guys. I'm going to talk about that a bit when we revisit Rocky Four. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you're, because you, well, you're Irish, but you're born yeah. in America. Yeah. Your significant other is Russian. Mm-hmm. So it's like when two tribes go to war. <laughs> <laughs> That's Frankie and the Hollywood <laughs> saying. Right, yeah. It's true. Um, 
it's the same in this film. It's just really Ooh. kind of cartoonish and over the top and like, you must do this, my son. I can't do the accent, obviously. <laughs> but that wasn't like, bad. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty decent. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, I mean, Brian, you have to admit, it was completely, it. completely over the top. Like no subtlety whatsoever. And yeah, just Russia is Did you hack evil my Facebook? And, you know, all the people are suffering there. Like, no, they're not. They're doing grass. <laughs> okay. Like They're harsh fine. winters. Exactly, yeah. harsh winters. <laughs> like, you know, everybody works in these just, whatchamacallit, warehouses and factories and it's all awful. And it's like, no, come on, it's ridiculous. How do you think that'll go down in Russia? How do you think, it, like, will they be pissed off? Um, or, I don't know, or, how well did Rocky Ford do? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it was the 80s as well, it was a yeah. different time, wasn't yeah. it? And um, now people have social media to give out. I think, though, what I will say is, is that, like, I, I think it's... There, there's a cameo in it that is very good. Okay, don't ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it, but the cameo in it was like, ah! Um, it was very funny. I couldn't stop laughing, to be honest. Like, I could, like it kind of took me out of it a bit, to be honest. Yeah, I was did it? Like, yeah, because I was just laughing. I was like, of course, of course they would do that yeah. for this movie. Yeah, you know? totally, yeah. Um, but no, it's just... Ugh. Like they're very like it is it is like she's right like it is cartoonishly Russian in parts like it's literally like um, they go to this uh, they have this dinner at this like very opulent house and of course it's all like what do you call it like sports cars out the back and it's all oligarchs oligarchs exactly yeah and it's just ridiculously like oh god that's exactly what Americans I mean even like I won't say what happens in the end but even the resolution in relation to the Russian story is like that's all they needed all along and it's such (laughs) BS. Really? Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 no, 100%. Yeah. Well, how does Dolph do? Dolph He's really good. really good. Yeah, because I know he was, he was... He's so intense. And he actually speaks in this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. No, he's actually... And, like, this is one thing that I was going to say about this, was that, like, he was really good in it. And it was surprising how good he was in it, because... This is yeah. a signature role, isn't it? Yeah. He got so sing- much work off the back of that. With Completely. I mean, there's something about when you see him back on the screen and Stallone, and um, when they first meet in this movie, this isn't giving no, anything no, no. away, because it happens early enough. It's in Adrian's restaurant, which is the restaurant that Rocky now owns, which he named after his deceased wife. We were in this restaurant in the first Crete. Remember, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, where yeah. they meet and everything. Um, no, and he's do. like sitting in a seat and they're just sitting opposite each other. And I mean, it's, it's like, like something heat. out of heat or yeah. something. They're just like, you can see why these guys have had such big careers. They just have that presence. presence. Yeah. And you can't stop watching and you're like, oh my God, it's so intense and yeah, exciting. Like, one of those guys who's, you know, he's had a few really solid roles and then yeah. disappeared mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but like Universal Soldier is a really fun movie too. Yeah. With Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, Roland Emmerich movie. First, one of the first Roland Emmerich Dean Devlin movies I think. That's correct yeah. Um, it's really good fun. It's ridiculous but it's really good fun. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah I said it was a fierce amount of cocaine going around that side back in the day. <laughs> but what I was saying no, but here's the point, like what I was going to say was was that like he was really good in it and he really surprised me. It kind of not bugged me a little bit but I get the feeling that if Florian and I can't pronounce his surname so I'm just going to try it Montano. Just don't. Whatever. If the son, if, Florian, okay, you're on a first name basis. Right, Grant. <laughs> if they had got a real actor rather than a professional boxer, I think the role would have been meatier. I think they would have been able to explore it in more detail. Um, but at the same time, did that character necessarily need that? I mean, there's already so much going sure. on. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I might have overstuffed it a bit, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I suppose the whole idea is that he's living out his father again because he essentially doesn't talk in this just like you yeah. know, Van Drago didn't kind of really speak in Rocky 4 and with this film the idea is that it's his dad kind of speaking for him 
Yeah. If you get what yeah. I mean. Fair yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of representing him. So there you go. That's something different from Rocky Four. Yeah. Okay. I never, I, I generally don't ask, but um, I like because uh, I haven't had a chance to read the review yet. How many stars are you going to give it? Or have you given it? Um, Who's I'm reviewing gonna, it? You, I'm going to take the review. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to give it either four or four and a half. Ooh. Yeah, yeah I'd give it four. Four? Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what would you take away a star for? Tourist points. I know, I would, I would take one one star because there are parts of it, like you can very clearly see the arc of the story. Like okay. you know exactly what's going A little too obvious. Yeah, a little and I mean that's, obvious. that's, you know, yeah. because it's rocky. you're giving a four, four and a half stars. Yeah. That's an, yeah. ama- an amazingly positive review. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, I tell you now, like I gave the first one four and a half and I regret it. I should have given it five stars. Yeah. Creed? Yeah. Yeah. I should have given it five stars. I gave it four and a half. I know I should have given it five stars. Do you know the problem is there? Film critics. Oh no, yeah, completely. Like I was looking for a reason to take a take a point off, or take a half point off. Don't admit it's the stuff in public. Just saying, like <laughs> no, but it's funny because when I went back and because I've seen Creed twice now, I rewatched it on Netflix a did. few months ago. <laughs> I rewatched it and rewatched it. I rewatch it every night. Is there no, a, is, is there a lot of Michael B. Jordan running shirtless stuff? Not as much as I would have hoped. But <laughs> <laughs> But, um, well, I love that shit in movies. The it's only really motivating. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, really it's, motivating. It's, the train, like, like that, especially that's what the, the training did. montage, and you can see. I don't know. He's like, a I'm unit. sure for the thing for like editing that, that that helped. But I mean, you can see his shoulders kind of building up. But that's mad. Like oh, it's not an easy that. thing to do, and it's something that's very easily yeah. dismissed nowadays as mm. well. But to get the physicality of the role, he yeah. got into unbelievable shape. Yeah, and yeah. he's good in it too. Before we move on. Oh, like yeah. it is his Jordan. movie. Oh, of course. No, yeah, yeah, no, he's fantastic. Michael B. Jordan, yeah. it's his movie. He's like, he's got this. Like, yeah. he's absolutely got this. This and is the, his franchise completely. And yeah. like the the chemistry that him and Tessa Thompson have, it can't really she's be awesome. understated. She yeah. is yeah, so she's good. Fantastic. She's taken yeah. off so now good. as well, isn't mm-hmm. she? The yeah. tour and the new Men in Black series. And Felicia Rashad as well. Brilliant in it as well. Mrs. Huxtable, right? Well done. Maybe not. So no, much the Met the Cosby Show. Yeah, okay. It's not her fault. I know, but I'm just saying she was really good in it. She was really good in it. Okay, Dave, would you have any interest in going to see Rocky 15 or wherever this one is? Not particularly. No. no. Why not? I never, I never really was grabbed by any of the Rocky films. I have suppose. Have seen them all? Or? Yeah, I've seen them all. Uh, it just seemed for me it was just the same story over and over again. Yeah, that's like, fair. I've watched a lot of sports movies and underdog beats Goliath is a well-worn path. So it was never anything new for me. So, Jody, yeah. You know, on, on a quick aside before we move on to Wreck-It Ralph uh, 2, um, one of the best more sports movies ever, uh, Friday Night Lights. Have you seen Friday Night Lights? I actually haven't. It's a great sports movie. If you think it, I never got, I actually bought the box set, uh, the series, but I never got around to watching it years ago. But there's a Pete Berg movie and it's phenomenal. Uh, Lucas yeah. Black is great and it's, it's just a really really superb film give that a bash I've heard great things yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay let's move on to Wreck-It Ralph if I'm not a racer what am I oh you're my best friend all we gotta do is find a part to fix your game everything goes back to the way it was but where are we gonna find that the internet what Um, we're going to play out some of these interview uh, with Sarah Silverman and with John C. Riley uh, after uh, we talk about the movie, uh, and then before we move on to the revisit, which is Rocky, which Rocky is Four, Ro- which is Rocky Four. There, I knew that. I knew that. I'm a good host. I host things. <laughs> um, okay, D, uh, you and me have both seen this one because I interviewed yes. John C. Riley as well for the Delve. Um, 
This was fun. Clang. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Clang. Clang. Like and subscribe. <laughs> um, I thought this was fun. I can't yeah. really, I've seen the first one, but I couldn't really yeah. remember the first one. But you're really yeah. into the animated movies. Yeah. I, you've, I, got, you've got like yeah. younger bro- younger sisters. I know. I use them as an excuse yeah. to, for my ridiculous love of animation movies and especially Disney movies. Um, I adore the first Wreck-It Ralph. They won the Oscar, didn't it? Um, did it win the best, I think I'm pretty, think sure it won, pretty sure it won Best Animated I'm pretty feature. sure it yeah. did too I think so Unless there was a Pixar one that year Because you know how mm. Pixar beat out Because this is um, Disney Animated yeah. Studios As opposed to Pixar um, When Ivan and I went to see this For the first time We were totally blown away Because at first I was like Okay so it's basically like You know Toy Stories with toys Like this is with game characters Okay yeah. they're going to come to life And they're going like to do cute things yeah. And stuff like that, you know, but I watched the movie and it's actually really, really good. It's really funny. It gets super emotional, like the friendship that's at the core of both movies, really, between like Ralph and Penelope. There's something just really kind of sweet and touching about how much they both kind of care for each other, because the whole idea in the first film is they're both outcasts in their respective worlds, i.e. respective games. And they kind of form this unlikely friendship because he's like this big adult guy and she's like this little kid you because you spoke to him on the red carpet as well as in the interview yeah. and I thought that was a really interesting thing that John C. Riley said where he said you know you don't often see uh, like male and female characters just being friends exactly being they, yeah, 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 yeah not even yeah. that it's like it's a father daughter it's a brother yeah. sister yeah, exactly. it's a whatever and yeah. I thought that was an interesting angle on it yeah I think that that's one of the things that's really kind of touching about it and what I like is they obviously got that that was what really kind of grabbed people in the first one because this one is very much about their friendship and how it's kind of growing into like new territory because the whole idea is Vanellope kind of wants to go off and do her own thing but Ralph has become very kind of possessive of her just because they're so kind of close as friends he's kind of happy you know? in his rush and she yeah. wants she's she's the more adventurous one yeah exactly um and i thought that it really kind of played out that storyline like really well i thought that it maybe lacked a bit of subtlety with like the third act i won't get into what yeah. happens but it was just like okay i get it symbolism blah 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 <laughs> yeah he he wrecked the internet he broke no broke the broke internet, internet. Um, yeah, but there's this little bit at the end with the two of them that actually almost made me cry because I've actually gone through that with like my own friends. Mm. So like it really is very sweet yeah, and touching. I actually think it's going to make like kind of older audiences like me cry more so than kids because older people have gone through this with yeah. friendships. Yeah, well, kids, I mean, I think you know? really great animated movies and it's interesting as well because if, if you watch more animated movies, you've got more context. Mm. So if you're taking kind of younger family members or whatever to the cinema, you're just probably not going to watch as many yeah. unless you're just into animation. So you've got more context for yeah. those adult gags, I suppose, or those mm-hmm. older leaning gags. Old yeah. Adult gags sounds filthy for some reason. <laughs> but uh, you, you've got more context there. One yeah. of the... Uh, things I liked about this was it didn't it didn't there's a better way of phrasing but it did not address everything yeah you know does he, he stumbled into the comment section yeah <laughs> and I no thought but that, that's a really powerful a really, scene it's yeah. really smart as well yeah I mean they don't go deep into it because sure. you just can't yeah but, uh, especially because they're going to be kids in the audience exactly and that's why but it's it's kind of just pointed out to him oh god you never go into the comments yeah. section yeah, that's yeah. what she actually says she says you never read the comments because yeah. like yeah, yeah Ralph kind of takes off a little bit and goes viral yeah. that was another inter- interesting aspect here as well and also that they got all when they go inside uh, the internet mm-hmm. and uh, they got they got all the branding they got the eBay Facebook Amazon I thought that was really yeah. cool as well the whole world that they developed there was yeah. deadly the only 
thing that I, that kind of slightly traumatized me, although I was able to push it out of my mind very quickly, was it slightly reminded me of the Emoji movie. I was going to say, remember that's, when they go in and yeah. explore the apps, but that's the only similarity yeah. in that they do have they like both movies have kind of the big brands yeah, that they yeah. explore, but that's it. No similarities Good. to the Emoji movie besides that. Um, and one, also, the, sorry, go on, yeah. go on. And I like how they had um, the Disney princesses. Yeah, that was Yay! really cool. That was a really nice touch yeah. as well. Actually. They brought back pretty much all those voices, except for like the really old ones like Cinderella, Snow White, yeah. Ariel. But all the others like Moana, the Frozen characters, even Pocahontas, Mulan were all the yeah, original, original voices voice like, them. Which yeah. was amazing. It's a, re- it's a really cool scene. I suppose it's the whole, um, it's all empowerment thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Disney kind of making a statement of intent with some of the past princesses and stuff. And yeah, some of the they're, they're acknowledging yeah. how yeah. problematic they were or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I also, and before we go, it's Gal Gadot as well, isn't it? She's yes. a voice. Um, and God she, bless her, she's not animated at all <laughs> for somebody who's animated in a film. She just like, it's like, hello. Hello. Yeah, we're yeah. here now and this game is like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I don't know why she sounds like that. But no, but she does actually sound like that. That's yeah. not, yeah. that's that's an approximation. And yeah, that whole fair. like reference to the fact, like her Fast and Furious character and everything. Yeah. Um, people you forget, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But people forget that she was in Fast and I, Furious. I forgot yeah. that until you just I said interviewed it. Her for, <laughs> I interviewed her for the fifth one and I forgot she was in it. Clang. <laughs> Nice. You are all about the clang. I am all about the clang. Yeah. And somebody, I I put something on my Instagram stories about um, because Facebook memories, I'm obsessed with Facebook memories. Oh yeah. Uh, I like to bring back the pain from a few years ago. Sure. Yeah. Um, But there was one of me interviewing Andy Lee Clang year a couple of years ago. Somebody's (laughs) like somebody somebody who listens to the podcast. Obviously, Andy just slid into my DMs and went clang. (laughs) I was like, my whole Instagram is basically one big clang. I was gonna say like we should when we get these branded mugs made, we should just have a clang. Clang. Yeah. So literally. it's of its time. Of its time, well, clang. Yeah. We need one this more. This movie is very of its time, actually. Yeah. What's the crack? I know um, we don't have, we actually don't have any copy for it, right? But I know the next uh, film club showing is going to be um, Aquaman. Aquaman. A- Aquaman. So no, it's. No. No, Aquaman. No, it's oh. Aquaman. Well, it's not Bumblebee no, because Brian, well, Brian presented a video. <laughs> saying, I said what I said. Saying, it was saying, no, it's Aquaman. It's, no, it's Aquaman. I'm nearly sure it's Aquaman. Well, I hope you're... Um, I, I, it's Aquaman. But, it's Aquaman. but at the Crimes of Grindelwald, which was our previous yes. film club screening, you told them that the prizes were for Bumblebee. Oh, I didn't dear. say Bumblebee. I said Aquaman. I'm going to go ahead and cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start this segment again. Are you positive? I definitely said Aquaman. I never said Bumblebee. Okay, we just, I just wasn't sure whether to give the show a plug on us. So we just added the screen a plug on us. We just won't. <laughs> let's, let's move on. I didn't say... I, I said... No, I said Aquaman. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's okay. do this. I did. I know I did. I let's said move Bumblebee. on. I'm telling you. All right, I'm going to turn this podcast around. Let's do it, Dave. Look where your head's at. So, D, um, let's hear a few minutes from your chat with uh, Sarah Silverman and John C. Riley. Um, I, as I said, I interviewed John C. Riley as well. That clang. Day. <laughs> I just, 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 <laughs> I like how for me there wasn't a clang, but there is for Mike. Yeah, That's why, is, gas. Why, is there, why is there a clang for me? Because you just said because when I interviewed. I said no. I said I interviewed him that day as well, and I was going to give context. I'm upholding that clang. Okay, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Final rule: you have to get Dave a little hammer where it's like you're like Judge Judy. Yeah, that makes the clang. Yeah, that makes the clang. The clang hammer, if you will. And um, how did you get on with the two guys, D? First of all, because it's really all because it was a big junker for Dublin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing was I wish I'd had more time because I only got through a few um, questions. I asked Sarah Silverman actually about. Um, one of our kind of uh, big stories that we did last year, and I actually really liked the story in and of itself because like with social media and the internet and all that nowadays, everything has gotten like really kind of 
negative and crappy, but um, this incident happened and I don't think it's kind of the first time she's done this, but it was kind of the biggest you know thing that happened at the time. But about last December, there was this troll online that called her the C word. And rather than rising to the occasion and starting a fight, as would be the tendency, mm-hmm. you know, with anyone I like that you online for that because, yeah, no, he was leaning back in his chair and I thought oh, he was going to yeah. fall and hurt himself. Oh, is that a look of concern? Thank you. Anyway, um, how dignified. <laughs> so she, instead of kind of starting an argument with him, goes onto his profile and sees that he has back issues among like other kind of, you know, addiction issues and stuff like this. And she basically reaches out and talks to him instead. And then suddenly over Twitter, they're like having this conversation. She's trying to help him. He's talking about all of these issues he has and how like upsetting they've been and basically ends up like apologizing to her and she helps him like get all this you know care that he really needs and it's just like such a kind of sweet story Mm, you know um but i asked her about that and like what we can do better on social media and she kind of really started chatting about that and it was really great that she opened up so much and had so much to say about it but then i ran out of time oh let's let's, let's hear it can we hear it producer dave no oh wait okay Guys, congratulations on Ralph Breaks the Internet. I absolutely adored it. Same. (laughs) I absolutely adored the first film and I loved seeing you guys reunite for this one, the friendship in this. Oh, it's so heartwarming. Um, But what I love about this film as well is that it talks really about social media and the internet and kind of where we are, you know, today. It's very contemporary that way. I know that, John, you're not really on social media as much and Sarah, you're very active on like Instagram and Twitter and stuff. But how do each of you feel kind of about today's socially, social media driven world? I think there's good and bad about it. You know, it's, it's, and it's reflected in the movie so well, it's like these kind of endless possibilities and and yet constant bombardment it can build you up it can break you down and eventually you you must in order to survive realize that you cannot pin your worth on others it has to come from inside so as negative as it can be hopefully it will get us back to a place where we're looking a little more inward for our for how we feel about ourselves and others. I saw a statistic that said, due to the internet and social media, that loneliness and alienation are, are on the rise, like a steep rise. Okay. But there are three different categories of people that they measured. People that use social media and, and, and lessen their actual in-world contacts with people have a sharp spike in loneliness and alienation. People who don't use social media at all have no change in their loneliness or their alienation. People who use social media extensively but use it to make contact with people, to go out and make plans and do things, also no change. So the problem comes when you use social media only as your, as your social interaction. Mm-hmm. Then, you st- ironically, even though we feel more connected by that stuff, it actually makes us feel lonely and more alienated. So you have to use it as a tool to, to get out and actually make contact with people. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. For sure. 
Because, Sarah, I've seen you use social media in a really, you know, positive, inspiring way. I remember, I think it was last December, there was a man on Twitter who kind of called you something really horrible, but instead of kind of fighting back, which would be kind of your go-to reaction, you looked on his profile, you saw he was suffering, he had slipped discs, among other issues. How can we kind of, you know, follow your example and how can we use social media in this, like, more positive way? Well, I'm not always my best self, but um, I do remember that, and I, I looked at his feed, and he suffered from, uh, and su you know, bad back pain, chronic back pain, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and I, I just, I just decided to go a different way with it. You know, I mean, usually I would ignore it or, or not see it at all, but I happened to see it, and I said, well, you know, it looks like, boy, you're suffering, and I. I Man, I I know what you mean about back pain. I, I have it too. And he just immediately opened up like a flower. And we stayed in touch for a very long time. Although I, I he's not a. I haven't been in contact with him lately. I and I'm worried about him actually. But anyway, that aside. Um, people now people are going to be mean to you, Sarah, in order to get you to contact them. Well. Um, that that will probably prove not. unfruitful in general, <laughs> but um, but I, people go towards love, you know, and the rage and anger that's you know at people. He, this person didn't know me at all. I mean, I if I took that personally, it would be um, it, it wouldn't be you know um, uh, correct because it, it has nothing to do with me, but. People are really suffering. I know in America, they angst and, and a lot of PTSD going around and um, for a lot of various reasons and a lot of rage and people have not been taught um, the tools to deal with it and it has to go somewhere. You know, like there's a Jesus quote that's like, if you don't deal with your shit, your shit will deal with you. But there's like doth in it. I it's not I don't a direct. Think that, that's how Jesus put it's, it. If you if you don't if you do not put forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But it really is true. So people are bottled up, and and that those feelings come out in some way, right? We're familiar with this in our lives. An unexamined life can do a lot of damage to yourself and others. And as soon as you go towards somebody with love. They can really, their porcupine needles go down and, and they open up like a flower and you have to be tender with it, you know. But I like that. I, I like connecting with people and I like being changed by people. And, um, and you know, I, I do a show where I talk about people who have been changed. And they always say, you know, um, there was just somebody who saw something in them beyond what they saw in themselves. You know, I talked to a... a Neo, not we should talk about uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Sorry, <laughs> very few minutes. Brilliant. So, uh, one of my last questions for you guys was as with Wreck It Ralph for Ralph breaks the internet, very, very emotional, hard hitting ending. I mean, this is about two characters from a game, and yet they're so relatable on a number of levels. Like, how did each of you guys feel reading the endings for both those scripts, the first film and then this one? What kind of emotions were going through? Uh, well, you know, you say it's hard hitting at the end, but in fact, I think it's just intensely emotional, and that's a good thing, you know. Happy uh, emotional. Yeah, I think that's one of the really mature, kind of cool things that the movie says. You know, Ralph and Penelope have some growing pains in their friendship, 
And like you mentioned, by the end of the film, they, you know, they need to transform their relationship and themselves and, 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 and look at life in a different way. And everything's not perfect at the end, but it's going to be okay. And I think that's a really good lesson for kids right now. Like, as you go through the difficulties in your life, you know, it's going to be hard and there's going to be growing pains and it's not going to be comfortable and you're going to have to challenge yourself and grow, but it's going to be okay. You are going to be okay as long as you, you know, keep believing yourself and keep having faith in your friends and everything's going to be fine, everybody. Right? He, see, he's, uh, he ruled her an iron fist, but he's fair. You know, yes. he's fair. It's, like, fair. It's, a, it's a dictatorship, but you know. Mm-hmm. You benevolent know, dictatorship. Bene- benevolent dictatorship, benevolent that's dictatorship. it as well. Um, I love the red carpet stuff that you did as well because it's not you. easy to get I don't, it's not easy to get interesting answers off people yeah. on the red carpet but that was obviously a testament to yeah. the, uh, the atmosphere that was around but the, I think what also helped was um, so I was actually there repping Family Friendly HQ that night um, yeah. and when they came up to me because they kind of recognised me from before they were like oh you're here from before and I'm like oh well now I'm representing Family Friendly HQ it's kind of this side for parents and kids and they were like oh okay cool and I think that it's really good I said that because then they answered questions yeah. that would be like they answered questions in a way of this would be really good for kids and I'd say they were know, like I'd good. say the PR people were just in their ears got the kids movies here Silverman it's a kids movie in- none of that potty mounted hilarious say, yeah, yeah. apparently on the promotion trail she had been doing that a bit but I didn't hear anything about it when she was here in Ireland so obviously Disney had kind of driven it out of her by yeah. the time she got here it's funny because um, um, yeah, because obviously I'm used to doing the Delph. All right, just give me a clang, right? So, but the thing I'm used to doing is having conversations with people, and you can't really do that in a four minute, five minute set. You yeah. have to ask the, your set questions. You yeah. have to ask about the movie or whatever. So, we I was actually in the TV room for a while waiting on John C. Riley to come in. So when he was coming in, I was like, oh, let's you know try and have a chat. Sure, let's try and have a conversation. And see how this goes as opposed Let's to an interview. Let's try to delve. Let's try to delve. <laughs> That's it. And uh, he was in junket mode, and it just—he was great. Yeah. yeah. But I, um, I uh, asked about um, stepbrothers because opened the conversation by saying, "I haven't. I you were my, one of my first interviews. He was actually my second interview. Him and Will Ferrell for stepbrothers." And um, there's another clang. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, and I could see, I could yeah, see Dave. I could not. see, you could see. Maybe but he's annoyed because you're giving him more work, more clangs to do, editing. more clangs <laughs> to put in. Um, but so as a natural kind of progression of the conversation, I use Stepbrothers as a reference point for something else. And um, watch the dog, like and subscribe, and you'll hear it. And he had no interest in. Talking. He just had no interest in talking about it. Mm. Uh, like literally, it was the second question. Like, why are we talking about Stepbrothers? I, to be fair, though, I do think a lot of actors, though, when they're in that mode of like jumping mode, well, but it wasn't going to be. I literally asked about a million other things. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's just they. And I'm like, no, bring it back to Stepbrothers. Because I don't care why you're here. There was somebody I, I I forget who it was. It might have been, I think it might have been Serena actually, but she was saying it when she interviewed Denzel. For the Equalizer too, he was really like that. When she brought up, I think she brought up something like "Remember the Titans" or something yeah. like that, or and he just was like, "No, nah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Equalizer too, yeah. please." Thanks. I had uh, an experience with Rupert Everett when I tried Correct. to ask him about. Clang. <laughs> <laughs> wow, can, we a, can we get a clang for Serena as well, even though she's not here? We love Serena. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but when I was talking to Rupert Everett, I wanted to ask him about my best friend's wedding and a movie I absolutely love, Shrek too. And my best friend's wedding, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he pretty much fobbed off the answer. And then for Shrek 2, I was asking him about it and he was like, 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great experience for me. I just went into a room and I recorded my voice and then what I left. What about the magic, Rupert? But he totally, yeah, de-romanticized <laughs> it for me. Like, Shrek 2 was one of my, like, remember yeah, when course. we were doing seven favorite films and you were like, why Shrek 2? I was like, I love great, Shrek 2. It's a great sequel. Yeah, it is a great sequel. So I was really kind of bummed out that, like, he could have said something. So what know? we're saying is don't be your heroes, kids. Yeah, I feel like... They might just not want to talk about their old jobs. Like if you worked in a clothes shop and you were doing this and you were doing an interview with someone, they were like, oh, remember that time you were in that clothes shop? You'd be like, it's not relevant. No, well, okay. I don't know. I've got some stories I'm just, about I'm my just old trying. Jobs. I'm playing Dave's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> if you will. That's a, fair, that's a fair point, but... I think when you when you make content or you make art or whatever you want to call it for the masses, you have to expect. Oh, but I'd yeah. imagine plenty of people do consider it making art. Yeah. And depending on the film, some might see it as a paycheck, some might see it as a grind, some might see it as paying their bills. Sure, but at the same time, sorry to cut across you, but at the same time, like if you create something and it has a resonance with people, then I think you have a responsibility as its creator to honour what it means to people. Well, you just, think you've, they have a responsibility, but maybe they don't think they have a responsibility. Yeah, that's kind of dickish, To each their own. Yeah. But just to add to that, I wouldn't say so much that it's a responsibility, but in relation to the actors who've made it compared to the ones that haven't, I'm sure that the ones that haven't would love to have that one role or yeah. two roles that, you know, have made their career and they would be kind of willing to talk about it over and over again because yeah. it's thanks to that role that they are where they are today. So I think that on that also, basis, it should be fair. Also, but I would also add, it seems to be particularly a thing with actors. I find directors are much more willing to talk yes, about their past yeah, work. Which because they've spent a couple of years probably on a project at least. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really fair. I mean, like, I, I get what Dave is saying and sometimes they're just not going to be in the form for it or whatever. Yeah. But if somebody's had an eclectic amount of work, you can't talk about, I mean, I'm sure you could talk about an animated movie for 10 minutes, right? But that's not going to be, or 20 minutes, whatever it is, if it's not just a straight junket interview. Mm. But not everybody's going to be into that. So if no. you sit down for a, with a broadsheet, if, if John C. Rowley, and I'm sure he did sit down with the Irish Times, for an example, they're not just going to be like, let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph. No, you have to realise it needs to be in the public interest to, to reach a public audience Oh, I audience agree. As well. I was just making a point that yeah. that's how they could to be thinking. Yeah, I know, I get it. I get it. That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you didn't want to delve. Talk, you get sick talking about the same thing oh, over God. and over. Okay. And, and it's, it's the same questions over and over. Obviously, you know, that, but I'd also say that's kind of part of your job. Oh, no, and you get a lot of money yeah. to do this as well. Totally. I, I, um, yeah, I, I totally. So I, was in the, I was in the TV room waiting because the junket had finished and I was waiting mm. on C. Riley to come back around. Um, I was supposed to have a bit longer with him. And I was kind of saying to the TV guys that were there, the really nice guys, they were just kind of waiting to finish. And I said, oh, you guys have heard the same questions all day today. And you eye rolled. They were like, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show these three men <laughs> I've never met most. before in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I did the type of interview I would have done. No, it was, it's still a really good interview. Still a really good interview. Gave really interesting answers. And he met his wife on the set of Casualties of War, which was his first movie. Had never mm -hmm. left his state up until that point. He's from Chicago. Um, and did three more movies with Sean Penn after that as well. So Sean Penn has had this weird peripheral seminal impact on his life uh, in so many ways. You so, wouldn't think it yeah. at all. So random. He's a great actor, John together, C. Yeah. Reilly. Like it's, and I think with a lot of these guys as well, I think uh, people who are really good at comedy take their comedy very seriously. Correct. A lot of them. Not everybody's Robin Williams. Mm. You oh, know Rowan Atkinson is so serious. Yeah. yeah. And he's like Mr. Bean. So yeah. how is that possible? But Will Ferrell is the same. You know, not that he's super serious, but he's not like wacky by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so let's move on uh, to the revisit. Watch the low blows, kidney punches, rabbit punches. In case of a knockdown, you go to the corner I tell you to, and you stay there until I tell you to come out. Shake hands, let's have a good fight. All right, it's time to go to school, son. Come on, get your hands up, man. You need an interpreter? It's time to go to school. You will lose. Brian Lloyd, did you actually rewatch Rocky? I did. Four. I did. I did. Um, do you Rock- believe him, Dave? I do, because I feel like he had it fresh in his mind for Creed 2. Or am I or am I no. overestimating? Not it? at all. <laughs> um, I think Rocky, and I, oh, I know this is the cliche, but I swear to God, this actually is the case with Rocky 4. It is absolutely <laughs> of its time. It apps. Don't give me that look. What look? That producer That's Dave. That's just that, his face. That's just producer Dave's No, face. but he does that thing where he's like, hmm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Goes, that does look like goes, that. Goes, really accurate like, like, mm, I don't know boy. Um don't know about that though. I'll give you that yeah. that's good yeah. oh, oh I wish we had the camera Can't right now that. that was phenomenal it was very but um, yeah no like it absolutely was like I, I know that's a cliche but it absolutely no, is no I agree with you yeah um, it's a really 80s extravagance completely yeah. completely yeah. and it's very much about the cold war it's very much you know you know, Rocky Balboa is the avatar of America and Ivan Drago really was Soviet Union and the exceptionalism and all this kind of thing. It was really just the about symbolism that. was very heavy handed. Very, yeah. very heavy handed. Um, I love this film for two reasons. It is the only film that I have ever seen in my life that has two montages back to back. Yes! I, I And like, it's just incredible. So this is, this is the, uh, Rocky's getting in, the, in these kind of in the snow and stuff. And yeah, that. and he's like, He's and doing Ivan, the Ivan Drago's in like in the 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 super track. the super gym. Are they not yeah. mixed up? Yeah, they're cu- they're in yeah, they're, 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 they're cut together. They're cut together, but not like, one after the other. No, it is. Yeah, because the, what's happened is is it's it, it's a training montage, but yeah. it's natural too, versus artificial and yeah. all that. Correct. Yeah. But the first bit of music is is like just this piece of music that I actually will admit here and now I have it on my gym mix. And I tell you what, hearts on fire. No, not hearts. I have that on it as well, but it's another. No bit. easy way out. No, it's not easy way out. Ah, that's you. from the fifth one. Um, no, it's like this, just random. It's like training montage from the Rocky Four soundtrack. It's brilliant. Um, if we could actually, can I get a small little clip of that? I'll send you. I think we might get pulled off Spotify, Dave. What do you say, we'll, please? Yeah, please. We'll see. Listen to that. It's so pumped. It's so pumped. But that literally follows after Hearts on Fire. Like, it's two montages for the price of one. It's incredible. I've never seen a film do that. Um, <laughs> there's other things in it that are just ridiculous. Um, there's the robot that Polly falls in love with. Yeah, what's up with that? What is up with that? What is up with that? And, like, the little music m- m- video that happens for it when the robot's brought out. It's like, happy birthday, Polly. Like, what is that? I don't know. It's what's Polly a- doing to that robot? Exactly. That's it. And then he, what like... that robot doing to Polly? The robot comes out and he has this absolutely robotic voice. And then, like, you go back to the robot later. And the robot has a woman's voice, and it's like, "You're the best, Polly." It's like, what was that about? Like, it was so crazy. Like, Why I think Polly the best. What did he? Okay. But I think I think Rocky Four is an example of okay, how much can we stretch out the Rocky formula? Because Rocky One and Rocky Two are two sides of the same coin. Rocky Three was Clubber Lang, and it was all like, okay, Rocky's lost his way. He's become soft. He's got to get back tea. to the street. Yeah, and like Mister Clubber Lang comes back, and he's all like, "Shut up, old man! I ain't going nowhere." <laughs> Give him guts and all that kind of thing, and it's about him finding his edge again. And Rocky Four was okay. We've got nothing else here, so let's make it about geopolitics. 
And yeah, then, well, I mean, in the fifth one as well, doesn't isn't the whole the whole brain damage thing comes into it a little bit? Yeah, and it comes directly after the, the yeah. fourth one. And yeah. uh, but also as well, I think in Rocky Five they go into the whole thing of like dying. Revenge. <laughs> Rocky Seven. <laughs> um, no, it, but Rocky Five they go into the whole thing of like Don King and the idea of like how completely. Uh, commercialized boxing is and that it's no longer about like you know the honor of fighting it's about like the money and the payday that's what Rocky 5 was about which I think was interesting but Rocky 4 was just completely east meets west east meets west Cold War conflict in boxing yeah did you get a chance to rewatch it D? I watched it for watched the first it. time what did you I've, think? Actually, I've actually only seen Rocky and Rocky 4 aside from the Creed movies if you'd believe it but we watched wasn't um, enough Michael B. Jordan wasn't enough Michael <laughs> B. Jordan in those second no, and third ones he was never, but a child I never really had an interest in watching them to be honest so I watched the first one just to kind of see it and it didn't particularly make me want to watch the next few movies oh and also there's a whole bit with like Adrian that kind of just made me very uncomfortable weird, it's, weird, it's weird yeah, yeah it's weird it's, 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 it's weird. well you know it can Actually, I yeah, don't think today. that it would exactly today it would not no exist. god no it would still, not. From, still from six or seven years ago wouldn't yeah but today. it's like it made it made me feel very uncomfortable anyway um watch Rocky 4 in preparation for this week's revisit and everything and um okay I really really enjoyed it really yeah, liked it also fun. it's only an hour and a half very taut yeah very taut movie yeah but classic just, film critics classic just, you're like it's over quick <laughs> Good, but well, that's what you want. That <laughs> no, like it's, it's true. Yeah, there's no it fathers. means we have more time to watch more movies. Yeah. Yay! Um, but two major points about it. One, with regards to what you said, Brian, just picking up on the whole stretching the Rocky formula. Oh, completely. I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you actually rewatched it this week. I did. I don't know if you did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But oh, you if you actually watch that, it, okay. it is ridiculous how much recycled footage is in it. The opening scene is basically the end of Rocky Three replayed, yeah. and then they've got loads of clips back to Rocky One and Rocky Two and Rocky Three in the montage. Oh, and when then, they're like running down the beach, they're like on the beach. Yeah, and yeah. This is how over the top it is when they're actually building up to the fight. They're actually replaying shots that were in Rocky Four, as in they replayed that shot that's kind of the zooming in on Ivan Drago's face, like as he's looking at Rocky. They played that shot, I don't know, five or six times during this movie. They just replay it and it's like Rocky and then it's him and it's Rocky and it's him, like exchanging looks. Yeah. And they just replay it over and over. And then in the credits, they again rehash shots from Rocky Four. So it's just about <laughs> exactly how much original footage was actually shot for this movie. So it must be the cheapest Rocky movie. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Uh, I would argue, yeah. You know what it reminded me of that way? Uh, Back to the Future 2. Yes. How much oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. uses the recycled footage. So yeah, it's obviously just a but cheaper what, what way I mean, to make movies. Back to the Future 2 has a plot-driven reason, I suppose, because like Marty's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just market. being like cheap There's, and that, that, uh, I never Jiminy Chillickers. Complete <laughs> like it was nostalgia before nostalgia yeah, yeah. was so in. Yeah. You know what I mean? As it is now. So yeah, there's that ridiculous aspect to it. And then two, the representation of the Russians in this. I'm <laughs> sorry, but it is so dumb. The first scene that really stands out for me in relation to this, right, is when um they're doing the press and this is with Apollo as opposed to with Rocky. So this is for the Apollo fight. And Apollo is doing all of this trash talking, like yeah. saying, you're shit, you're this, you're blah, blah, blah. And the Russians are sitting You'd there. you be a terrible trash talker. <laughs> yeah. I'm too nice. Yeah. Um, but the Russians are sitting there. They're being 
So polite, so Dressed calm. up like the KGB officers, like without the, the military yeah, uniforms. Yeah, but my point is they're being very nice and respectful. And then at some point he's like, I'm going to kick Van Drago's ass. And they say something along the lines of, no, no, Ivan's going to win, actually. Like, that's what they say. And then he's like, what? What did you say to me? And he's standing up and he's like trying to punch Ivan in the face. And like, literally. Ivan's going to win, actually. I'm sorry, <laughs> that- but he, like, Apollo's being a total dick. <laughs> and somehow the Russians are the enemy. Like, what? But the, another part of it as well that's really funny is that when Ivan Drago goes into the match, like that whole sequence, or sorry, into or sorry, into the fight rather, yeah, um, where he's like just stand alone in the in the in the ring, yeah. And next minute the ring comes up and it's like James Brown playing yeah. Living in yeah. America, and he's all like having like a seizure from all the lights and stuff <laughs> like that. It's hilarious because he's like, do they not have electricity in Russia at this time? Like, what what's going on? Like he's the way he's looking it's, at it. It was an excessive use of electricity. Completely, completely. I mean, I get where Drago's coming from yeah. there. There was I'd a been no, like, what's yeah. what's Apollo doing? This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. But like uh, to be also f- yeah, sorry. On. Last point about the Russians. A lot of those, a lot of those actors are clearly just grumpy-looking Americans. They don't look nearly <laughs> stern enough to be Russian, and that's my final point. <laughs> what makes a man a better man? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so ridiculous. It is. No, it's totally ridiculous. The like, patriotism, it's... like, is another level. Like, I mean, look at the feckin' poster. He's draped in the American flag for crying out loud. Of course, yeah, like, that's it's what I'm ridiculous. saying. Ridiculous. Is Creed two plays in Middle America at all? Just moving to bring it back to Creed two. I don't think minute. so. No, no that, that's where, where that, type of, that type of patriotism comes in. That's generally why, yeah. isn't it? They want to play to those mid. Mid American uh, cineplexes. Yeah, completely, and that's what I think was that. This is why I would disagree with you saying that Ro- uh, Creed Two is a sequel of Rocky Four because. Oh no! I didn't say it's a sequel. I said it's a rehash. A rehash. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. In the sense of you know, Rocky Four was very much about patriotism and very much about nationalism and the idea of East versus West. Ah, but it's that old chestnut revenge as well. Yeah, but Creed Two every action movie. In the sure, 80s. but Creed yeah. Two doesn't have any of the yeah. nationalism involved yeah. in it at all. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It completely strips that part of it out of it. No, I mean it's not so much. Yeah, it's not so much the East versus West thing. Mm. At least not as strongly in Creed Two. But I still think it has a lot of stuff in common. But then again, maybe it's not so much a rehash of Rocky Four as so, so much as a rehash of the Rocky formula. Yeah, which it is. Which know? it is. Yeah, and, um, it's, and it's a formula that works. To be yeah. fair. Okay, um, there's if there's a few things I was thinking about for a revisit, right? But I'd All love right. to do an Eddie Murphy classic for a revisit because oh, okay. I, oh, yeah. every once in a while I'll fall down an Eddie Murphy rabbit hole on YouTube and even his appearances, even his talk show appearances, yeah. the man is a genius. Mm. Um, and Do you ever hear his bit on uh, Mike Tyson? Yeah. It's so funny. He's brilliant. It's so funny. He talks about Larry Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it, that's well, that's well worth looking up as well. Um, but he's just he was so brilliant in the 80s and for a period in the 90s I actually rewatched Boomerang which I hadn't seen in, I haven't seen it, that years. it's not a great film at all yeah. like, it's very weird Brian very much of its time not yeah. in a good way <laughs> not in a good way at all yeah. although Boys to Men End of the Road the of a song Crack and Jim um, but uh, yeah so I'd like to do an Eddie Murphy one for Reeves so if anybody has any suggestions I'm going to throw one out right now let's do Beverly Hills Cop okay let's do it you happy with that D? sure Dave have you seen Beverly Hills Cop? Would you revisit Widows next week? Yeah, okay. Beverly Hills Cop. 100%. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends!